Hey, gorgeous. Welcome to the Way Society podcast, where we are answering the question, who am I? I'm your host, Lindsay Means, human design expert, coach, and educator. This podcast is all about connection, community, and expansion for service-based providers, plus human design knowledge in each episode. I am so grateful that you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I am so freaking excited because today I have my friend Shelby, aka the happy, healthy hairstylist on to tell her story. And Shelby is an emotional generator with a two, four profile. And I'm so freaking grateful that you're here, Shelby. And I'm so excited for you to tell your story before we get into that, will you tell my listeners a little bit about who you are? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Lindsay, so much for this opportunity to come on here and share my story. I just love you immensely. Um, so hi, everyone. My name is Shelby Betancourt. I am or- originally from Massachusetts, but I now reside in Miami, Florida. I own a rental chair salon here in the middle of downtown Miami. I have been a hairstylist for about 12 years. So I got licensed when I was in 2009 Um, and I just freaking love hair. And my second passion is health. So that's where the happy healthy hairstylist was created. I believe that now more than ever, we need to focus on the health of the hairstylist. So I am just here to spread my message about helping hairstylists become a little more happier and healthier behind the chair. Mm, I love that so much. (laughs) Shelby and I were talking earlier and I used to be a personal trainer. And whenever I found Shelby, I don't even remember how I found you, but the moment I landed on your Instagram, my whole body was like, Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. My sacral was saying, yes, I love her. And I sent you a message and I was just really, really excited that you were bringing health to our industry. And I love, I heard your story the other day. We were on, she, Shelby taught at Independent Breedy Pros for an education hour. And I'm so excited for you to share your story. But before we get into that, I would love to know, have you ever asked yourself the question, who am I? Such a good question. Absolutely. I feel like the first time that I asked myself that question, all right, there were two times in my life was when I first started dating, like really dating here in Florida where no one knew who I was because coming from a small town in Massachusetts, like everyone knows you, everyone knows your shit. Like everyone knows like who you've dated in the past, like who you're friends with, where your family's from, all that kind of stuff. So it was really nice moving to a big city like Miami where no one knew me. My story was whatever I wanted to tell people. And when I first started dating, I realized that all I knew how to do was to talk about hair. And I questioned myself a lot like, well, if I'm not talking about hair, like what do I talk about? And I created this limiting belief that I wasn't smart enough. And it dragged on for a very long time until like this year. Um, And then the second time I asked myself, like I was trying to really figure out who I was, was during the pandemic when I was home. I was like, if I'm not a hairstylist and I'm not someone's hairstylist, who am I? Like, who is Shelby? if she's not doing hair, because I identify so much with my career because it's the longest relationship I've ever had was hair. I've been around it since I was eight years old. So it's, it's one of those things that those two times I was just like, wow, if I'm not a hairdresser, what else do I bring to the table? And now like doing the inner work and figuring out my human design and figuring out all of these things, it's helped me so much more to be like, oh, no, I'm so much more than just a hairdresser. I make decisions this way. And I like think this way. And I'm a, I'm a hermit. I like to be home, but when I'm called out to be social, I can be social. So, um, I hope that answers your question. (laughs) Yes. That's the most beautiful answer. And it's, we don't know. It's so, I love how you brought up, you identified with yourself as I'm a hairstylist. 
but we're all so much more than our career. And that's just such a freaking beautiful thing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I love that answer. And now I would love to know how did you, how did you start on your health journey? Great question. Um, so I have to like bring it back to like when I first became a hairstylist, I became a hairstylist in 2009, but in 2008, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and in my hands, and my wrist and my doctor, I was going through hair school cause I went to a vocational hair school. So from freshman year, I was then a junior, um, being a, like, I've been going to hair school since freshman year and being a junior, I was about to graduate in a year in cosmetology. And my doctor told me basically, you're only going to be able to do hair for about 10 years, 10 years. And then after that, you're going to be in crippling pain. It's, it's no way that based on like how you are right now, no way that you're going to be able to survive this in this career, because this career is really hard on your body. So he gave me an ultimatum. He was like, either take this medicine or deal with the pain. <laughs> and it kind of put me in like a really weird spot because I had seen family members who were going through addiction of prescription medication and, or just like abuse of prescription medication. I'm sure we've all seen that. And, or like we put a label on ourselves and we think that this pill is the only reason why we can be normal or be better. So I, re I rebelled and I was like, you know what? I'll take the pain. I mean, I'll take the pill when I really have a lot of pain, but I'm going to try my best to not do that. And I continued working, um, doing hair. And in 2011, I worked at this salon called Beautiful Hair Design. And I was your typical 19 year old. I was eating pizza. I was eating whatever I wanted. I, you know, I partied all the time. I was drinking beer all the time and constantly complaining about my hands when I was at work because my hands were inflamed. I was living in Massachusetts and during the winter time, it was even worse. So my boss, she was a vegan at the time and I'm sure she's still a vegan, but, um, at the time she was a vegan and she would always hear me bitch about my hands. And I thought she was crazy because I'm like, well, it's 2011. It's like before like vegan was cool or like, you know, gluten-free was a thing. Like it was like brand new. And she one day told me something that fucking changed my life. She was like, Shelby, if you stopped eating crap, maybe you would feel better. And I was like, whoa, what does that mean? What do you mean if I stopped eating crap, I would feel better? She was like, you know, instead of eating pizza five times a week, maybe you would eat foods that are less inflammatory, like anti-inflammatory foods. I was like, what is that? She was like, look it up. And I took it as like an experiment. I was like, what do I have to lose? So I looked up what foods were inflammatory and I started like a process of like elimination. I like, it wasn't a all, you know, all at once. I just stopped eating all like, you know, all the pizza and all that. I really liked pizza. So, um, <laughs> so I started realizing that through food, I started to feel better and my hands weren't as swollen and I could work all day. And that's where I created my own method of eating to feel. It's something that has changed my life. I now see food as feelings. I see this item as I'm going to be able to feel better. I'm going to have more energy. This you know, this makes me bloated. This makes me, this is like a result of how I'm going to feel. So I started eating for my future self instead of my current self, because my current self wants the pizza. My current self wants the beer because it tastes fucking good. Maybe not beer. Beer doesn't taste that good, but wants the candy, wants the chocolate, wants all that stuff. But my future self, the self that wants to do hair, that wants to be happy, that wants to be healthy, doesn't want that. And I don't know how many times I had to be in crippling pain in order to realize that like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't worth it. This donut right now isn't worth my future self. And that's really where it, like my life has changed. And that's something that I've incorporated just incorporating food into eating to feel. 
Oh my God. Whenever I heard that, I was freaking out because A, it makes so much sense. We all want to feel better. And we all know that pizza is good in the, in the moment. I love pizza too. Mm-hmm. And it's good in the moment, but it, if it's not going to make you feel good in two hours, it's not worth it. And I right. love how you tie the future self into it. That yeah. is just so incredibly powerful. And you're describing the sacral response. So you're a generator and 70% of the population are generator types and our body either says, uh-huh or uh-uh. And so you ask yourself, do I really want to eat this? Is this going to make me feel good? And if your body says, uh-huh, then you probably eat it and you're slowing down to get out of your head and into your body because your body is so intelligent and it knows what's up. It's our mind that's addicted to like the pizza and the other things. And when you just get into your body, you're like, do I want, do I, do I really want to eat this? Yes. No. And so I love that because you slow down, you tap into your body. And I believe that when we really are tapped into our body, it's not going to lead us wrong. And Mm. I absolutely love that. You, you, could you, you, we were talking about a program that you're releasing and I love how you incorporate masculine and feminine energy into what you do. And we were particularly talking about counting your macros and I totally used to do that. The, if, if it's your macros sort of a thing and I tracked everything, but then it became an addiction to me. I was like, Oh my God, I'm like 50 calories over. This is like a terrible thing. And I see that in the the health industry. And so I love how you bring that balance. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So, um, I am releasing the Happy Healthy Hairstylist program in January. And part of the program is we talk about the masculine and the energy as far as like eating. And when I say the the masculine, I mean the counting the calories, having like the, the structure. And when I talk about the feminine, I talk about the intuitive eating. So like eating to feel kind of something that like the, what my life is basically about. But you can't have the intuitive eating until you know what your body needs. So when it comes down to what your goal is, like, let's say you're like, okay, I just want to maintain my weight and you need to know how many calories you need, you should be taking in and how much of that has to be protein, how much of that has to be carbs and how much of that has to be fat along with the other vitamins that your body specifically needs. So having the masculine side of no, of having that knowledge on like, okay, this is the amount of food that I can have in a day in order to maintain my health. Then once you have that information and you've practiced it and you figured out, okay, when I eat this, I feel this. When I eat this, I feel this and I'm within my calories. So I am healthy enough and I am getting the vitamins and nutrients that I need. And I do have the energy to withstand my day. Then that's when you move into the intuitive eating. But you can't, it's like, it's like not, it's like learning to color hair without knowing the basics of the color wheel. Like we can all bend the rules and we can all mix gold with violet. But if you don't have the, the structure of violet cancels gold, and that's what creates neutral, then you can't make those that, you know, you can't intuitively mix color. So same thing when it comes down to foods, I think both are good. And I think that macro counting is good in seasons. So you need to get to a goal. You need to figure out what works for you. Then yes, macro count, but don't do that forever because it can become an addiction. It can become like, I I personally never weigh myself because I know that myself, I can't handle that, you know, that number. I just know that it's something that I've, I've like realized that, okay, as long as I can look at my body, I know what I need. But if I'm trying to reach a certain goal, I'm trying to get into a certain weight class or whatever, I'm trying to like, 
you know, feel a certain way about a number on a scale, that's when I need a scale. But right now in, in my life that I'm at right now, I don't need to be counting macros. I know how much protein I need to get in a day. I know what feels good in my body so I can intuitive, intuitively eat so I can go to the gym, do Muay Thai, do all the types of exercises that I like to do without crashing, without feeling like shit, without having headaches, without, you know, being inflamed all because I had that masculine side first. Mm, That is so incredibly powerful. Like truly, it's really powerful. And I like how you tied it in with hair color because you have to know the rules before you can break them. And I like how you talk about seasons too because that's a big part of your design is cycles and beginning something, going through the whole cycle and then starting something again. And when you're combining that masculine side of the, the things you need to do and creating the plan and all of that, then you can follow through by tapping into the intuitiveness of, okay, I know the rules and then this is how I can feel good. Cause that's the thing that I struggled with on my journey. So I've had, I had body image issues all of my life and I've done every single diet. Like what was that cabbage? There's some stupid cabbage diet. And like the soup one. Yes. Yeah. I did that it was too. Awful. <laughs> yeah. And there was one time too, like, I love, I love, love, love what you're focusing on because I worked with a fitness model and she gave me a diet and I followed it to the T and I was like crying. I was crying as I was cooking my food and crying as I was eating it. Cause it sucked and it didn't taste good, but this was the plan that I had paid for. And after two weeks, I was like, I don't feel good. And I counted my macros and I was eating barely like a thousand calories and working out two hours a day. And I lost my period for a month. And I was like, this is not okay. I don't feel good. And so balance, oh my God, balance is so needed. And knowing that like, you know, we can, we can look at these calorie based meals and anyone can tell you that you're supposed to eat like X amount of calories. So for instance, a lot of trainers will be like, Oh, um, you should eat less than 1200 calories. Well, yeah, that will drop weight. Yes. For the first three months, you'll have like significant results. But then after that, your body goes into fucking shock where it's like, we're going to hold on to anything that you put into the body. So even if you're just having tilapia and asparagus at 1200 calories a day, you will start gaining weight weight because your body will start holding on to it. So for instance, like my sister, she's on a macro-based diet because she needed that structure. She's still going through like the system of like, I need to learn what I need to eat. And she's eating at 2,500 calories and losing weight. And it's because she's like, she has a coach who's like analyzing what's working for her, what's not working for her, because you do need that check-in. Hey, this is working. This is not working and figuring it out. But I've specifically talked to her coach on my podcast and her coach is like, yeah, for coaches, it's a really good, like, you know, before and after to have someone on a 1200 calorie diet. But my goal as a coach is longevity. My goal is to have my clients starting at a higher calorie intake so they can over time lose the weight that they want and maintain it based on the lifestyle. Because you know, you'll be really happy if you lose that 10 pounds in three months, you're like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. I lost 10 pounds. But what happens when your body starts holding on to it and then you gain 20 pounds? That sucks. Yes. And there's a lot of emotional weight too. Mm-hmm. A lot of my weight was emotional weight that I was holding on to to keep me safe. And that's something that all of the diets, like even though I was doing everything right, nothing was working because of that. And it comes back down to that sustainability and longevity. Like, yeah. And I love how you always talk about have a team. Like if you're going to get a personal trainer, please do your research because there's so many people out there who don't know what they're doing. And really you've got to do your research, whether whatever help you're getting support you're getting, whether it's a coach or uh, a trainer or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. It's super important to, to do your background check on whoever you're, you're working with and whoever's supporting you. Um, 
I just want to clarify something though. Um, when we were talking earlier about like not having pizza, this is like, I, I am all about a lifestyle here. So it's more like, think of your body, like a bank account. So making more deposits in like healthier choices, than withdrawals with like not healthy choices. And Lindsay, you were explaining earlier, it's an 80, 20 rule. And I love that like 80% of the time, make your deposits 20% of the time you can make your withdrawals. And that's how you're going to withstand this lifestyle because I am the first girl to be like, hell yeah. On date night, when I have it scheduled, I will have my pizza or whatever my dessert. And, but it's not all the time. It's you, I want to keep my bank account at a positive, not a negative. Ooh, I love, I love how you describe that because also the other thing is feeling good. So we are talking about feeling, eat to feel, and you're the happy, healthy hairstylist. And I feel like exactly the 80 20 and making more deposits and you withdraw and also feel good when you're eating the pizza like the negative thoughts of oh my god i'm gonna gain weight or this is terrible for me it, you probably will and our mind has a lot to do with it and for all the generator types out there like satisfaction is part of our life and I don't know about you, but it's really satisfying to eat pizza sometimes. It's like, mm, 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 this is so good. And I'm enjoying this food and I'm, I'm enjoying the company that I'm with. And I think that's a big part of eating to feel, I would assume is like enjoying the food that you're eating. You talked about diet food sucks. Diet food's yes. the worst. And you know what? There is something that like your mind, your mind can be, your mind is connected to your gut. So like if you're, if you're depressed and you're talking all this negative talk to yourself, you could be eating carrot stick, carrot sticks and not absorbing the nutrients that you need because your mindset is wrong. Your mind is telling your body, this is not right. I don't like this. We're rejecting this. So there is like a whole scientific study around like how if you're eating healthy foods that are delicious to you and you enjoy them and you know that what you're doing is like in a positive thing for your body and you're in like a happier place, a more positive place, you will digest better. You will absorb those nutrients better than if you're in a like toxic place or you're thinking negative thoughts, anything like that. Yeah, that can actually like drain the nutrients, the good nutrients that your body needs. Oh my God. I love that you tied the mind and the gut because that it's so our minds are so like our body is so intelligent and it knows what it's doing. And we, if we listen to it more and the thoughts that we think are so incredibly powerful and I love that it's science, like science will tell you, even though you're eating this thing, it's not helping you. And that that really is super powerful to realize. Um, on our, so when we were on the, the education call with Independent Beauty Pros, you were talking about, I think it was triggers or you had just talked about date night. So you will, can you explain that? Because it's so good. Yes, absolutely. So I believe that one of the key things that helps me in my lifestyle maintain my healthy habits is knowing that I have rules and triggers around foods and moving my body. So a few of my favorite rules are Josh, my boyfriend, um, and I, we go out on date night once a week. And date night is also like, uh, you know, in quotations, it's cheat night, not like cheating on each other, but cheating on our diet. And we make it fun. So we're like, okay, here's our rule. If we're going to have dessert or we're going to have any type of cheat meal, we make an activity out of it. So we know that on Wednesdays, like last night we went out, um, it's Thursday today. So last night we went out and we went to Fleming Steakhouse and I had dessert and I had looked forward to it this whole time. I made sure that I did my cardio in the morning. And now today I know that like my next cheat meal will be next week because that's a rule that works for me. We also have another rule like that. It came about with the rule of we do not buy dessert items in our house. We don't keep them in our house. So our rule is if we are going to go have dessert, we have to leave our house and go to a place that has dessert options. So that means that there's no like 2 a.m. raging the freezer at the, in the middle of the night. And there's no, um, 
you know, going without our, I'm sorry, I like, I'm sorry for the banging in the background. For some reason, there's drilling going on in my building, but it helps prevent us from breaking our rules because we don't have the temptations in our house. And that's something that works for us. I also have triggers for myself at work because I know I am that busy hairstylist that has, you know, a high demanding clientele who's always busy. And I know that if I'm not drinking water throughout the day, I'm not going to feel good or having snacks. So I create triggers around every time I mix up a bowl of lightener, I take a sip of water. Every time that I'm going to remix for my client, I'm eating a snack. So I, I use like things that I know that I'm doing throughout the day as triggers to keep me healthier. Also, I create a trigger around coffee. I love coffee, but in order for me to have coffee, I have to have a equal amount of water beforehand. So as soon as I wake up, if I want my cup of coffee, great. I need to drink a glass of water first. And it helps me not like chug down the coffee as fast. It helps me hydrate. It helps me feel better. And now I can enjoy my coffee more because I'm not just thirsty. I'm actually craving and getting to enjoy the taste. Oh my God. This is like so much gold. <laughs> and it's like, it's the perfect thing because how many times have you listening? How many times have you started a diet and you're like, you're gung ho for two weeks and then you fall off the wagon and then you feel terrible about yourself and then you quit and then you eat the ice cream. That was my cycle for so many times. And the interesting thing about this is you provide, I love that you provide simple triggers, like start with one thing. And every time you mix lightener, like drinking water, that is so powerful, but we don't think about the little things. It's the little things. And the other part of that tying human design into it, you have an open will center and the will center 70% of the population have it open, which means you don't have consistent access to that energy. And that center is all about willpower, competitiveness. And you're not like, you're not designed to make promises unless you really want to keep them and you're listening to your body. And so the way that you teach and the way that you describe like how you've learned all of this is so powerful because 70% of the population are like you. And unless you really want to do that diet, you're not, you're going to, you're going to quote unquote fail because you don't have that consistent access to willpower. So starting one day at a time, one thing at a time, like eliminate one thing or replace one thing, it can be really easy to start. And then you add on to that. And that's where it comes down to, like, you can't do it alone. So um, tying in a community in this, like, because I don't have access to like my own willpower all the fucking time. I do have access to hiring someone who does have that willpower for me. So for instance, I always at every, like at all times of my fitness career, I've either had a physical, um, uh, a personal trainer or, um, someone who's a meal plan, like a meal plan that I'm working with, or, um, someone who's helping me with my, my stretching, a chiropractor, a physical therapist. That's what I'm looking for. I've either had a physical trainer or a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a dietitian that I'm working with because I know that they will hold me accountable. They will help me when I don't have the willpower to do it. It's easier to commit yourself to someone else and be like, well, I can't let them down than letting yourself down. I also have great support at home. Like my boyfriend, Josh, he's part of like this healthy lifestyle with me. He's a huge influence in it. And if he was constantly like, like shoving like cookies down my throat and like telling me that I need to like eat these things because they're funner than, you know, the, the stuff that I'm not eating. I mean that I am eating, then that would be really fucking hard. So having that community around me of people who are like trying always to rise me up, because here's the secret. When you start living this healthy lifestyle, you will find that people will feel uncomfortable with it and they will try to bring you down and bring you back to their own level. But you will also find people who are 
who will encourage you and who will want to help you through this journey, who will tell you how inspired they are from them. You will find those people and those people are the ones that you're going to stick with because the other people it's on them on why they can't commit to this. It has nothing to do with you. It's just a reflection of them. So find the people that will rise you up, find the people that will help you find the people who have that willpower. And that's when you're going to be successful in this because you have everything it takes right now to be healthy, including you have a support system. It's just a matter of you finding those people. Mm, That was so good. And I love that you said you already have everything within you. That was something you had mentioned on the education hour that you already have everything you need to be healthy. Generally people know what they need to do to be healthy. And all you need to do is one thing. Yeah. So there's been a lot of people around us in our community who, who are doing 75 hard. And that is a very intense uh, challenge to take on. You have your own version of that for hairstylists. Will you please share? Because if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to be healthy, but I, I don't know how to do it. Then I want you to connect with Shelby. Um, and by the way, all of her information is in the show notes, but could you please tell us about your happy, healthy hairstylist challenge? Yes, absolutely. So, um, If you haven't heard of 75 hard, 75 hard is a mental challenge and it's a series of tasks that you have to do for 75 days. And the owner of it, Andy Frisella, he created a live hard program, which is like a year long program of doing these tasks amongst other tasks and in order to build mental toughness and create confidence. So what I did was I had a hairstylist friend of mine who was like, I like 75 hard, but I wish it was more of a hairstylist. So it really got me thinking, what is it that I do in my daily life that I could put on a checklist and hold myself accountable to doing for X amount of days? I just so happened to pick six weeks, which is 45 days, because six weeks is such like a, we can understand doing something every six weeks. I I just feel like it's so hairdresser like. Um, so I create a, a series of six tasks that you have to do every single day for 45 days straight. And the idea of doing them every single day is to create healthier habits. And this is not a weight loss. This is not like a physical challenge. This is a mental challenge. This is something that's going to help push you in your career. So there's no diet attached to this. You can pick whatever diet the he- like that you want to have And I specifically didn't make that one of the rules, although it should be important, but I didn't want to create like a diet culture thing where people think that I'm like totally fucking nuts. (laughs) So the rules are you have to move your body for 45 minutes a day, 45 minutes consecutive minutes. So this is important because I want you to like sketch out the time in your schedule to move your body. I've been asked a lot of times like, oh, can I break it up into to, into like 20 to 25 minute sessions? No, you cannot because I want you to prov- like to at- sketch out the time to move your body. What does moving my body look like? Going for a walk, doing a, your form of exercise that you like doing, doing yoga. I don't care. Move your body. There are going to be days that you, if you're a female, you have your period and I don't expect you to train the same way on your period as you would off your period, which is why I'm not telling you how to move your body. You got to feel what's right for you and you got to do the movement that you're going to stick with. That is the best form of physical movement is the one that you will stick with. The second rule is you have to drink a half gallon of water. Now, I understand that your daily dose of water is more than that, but drinking a half gallon at least will get you on the right track. So if it's a minimum of a half gallon of water, what I do is I wake up early in the morning. The first thing I do, drink my cup of water before I have my coffee. Now I'm one glass down. Before I go to work, I make sure I get another glass down. That means that after two glasses, you probably only have like three to four more glasses before you're done with your whole half gallon. It's not that hard. Two glasses when you're at work, two glasses when you come home to bed. It's really not that difficult. And no coffee doesn't count in your water intake. (laughs) Your third rule is you must read 10 pages of an educational, inspirational book. The reason why I chose 10 pages is because 
It's part of one of the rules of 75 hard. And it's the main thing that helped me get through my limiting belief of not being smart enough. So remember earlier in the podcast where I said that I felt like I didn't know who I was because I felt like I wasn't smart enough. Well, yeah, no shit, because I wasn't feeding my brain with anything else but hair facts. So when I started reading educational books that helped me learn different information, it helped me with my conversations. It helped me not only with my conversations with my friends, but behind the chair. I could teach my clients more shit than when it came down to how to how I mix up their color, how I talk about their hair. I could actually provide more value because I was educating myself and working on myself and I could hold a better conversation. Then <laughs> um, your next rule is you have to arrive 15 minutes before your first client. And I think that this is essential. This is something that shouldn't be a rule. And this probably should be your easiest rule. Yet so many of us fail this rule. Um, if you're not coming to work 15 minutes before your first get guest gets there, it sets your day up so wrong. Because now you're scavenging around, you're putting your, your stuff away, your client sees you as you get in, like how unprofessional is that? You should be ready for your first client. They should not be walking in before you, they should not be walking in with you. You should be ready for them, they deserve that. So if you wanna be a professional, you wanna make six figures and you wanna be this high-end stylist, the first thing you need to do is get to work on time. And that's my point of view. You can think differently, but this is part of the challenge. We're talking about the challenge here. <laughs> my next rule is no, no delivery services at work. So the reason why I wanted you, I wanted to incorporate this is I want you to plan your meals before you come to work. So if you're eating Tic Tacs and four cups of espresso every day, that does not count as a lunch. This is the happy, healthy hairstylist, not the worked, you know, overworked, underpaid, fucking, you know, living on fumes hairstylist. So I want you to prepare your meals. And what can that look like? It can look like something that you ordered the, the day before or you went to the grocery store earlier that morning and brought it to work. I just want you to plan out your meals. Now you're going to make healthier choices when it comes to being in the salon and you're prepared to fuel your body, maybe creating triggers around, hey, when it's two o'clock, that means I need to eat something. When it's three o'clock, that means like when my client's processing, you look at your schedule ahead of time because now you have 15 minutes before your first client comes in. Now you can look at your schedule and figure out what times you should be having your snack, drinking your water, creating triggers around it. And then the last rule is no alcohol. And I think that if there is one thing that you can do for 45 days is not drink. And the reason why I chose this was because I noticed when I was drinking on the weekends, I would come into work foggy. I would come into work a little hungover. I mean, I was the hair, I was a hairstylist at 21, 22, 23. 18, 19, 20, and, <laughs> and coming in and throwing up in the back room because I was hungover. And I'm not saying that every hairstylist is the hungover hairstylist, but I'm saying that alcohol does do something to your, your brain and does create brain fog. So it doesn't have to be a forever thing. And I understand that one glass of wine can be quote unquote healthy and it can't have health benefits, but if it does have health benefits, so does other things. And why can't you just give that up for 45 days? If you have a medical condition where you can't do any of this, please consult your doctor ahead of time. Do not do this challenge. If you feel like it's not going to be healthy for you, this is a base set of rules that I have created that has helped me in my lifetime. And sometimes, honestly, taking a break from alcohol for 45 days is really nice. I save so much money when I'm not drinking. I don't have to worry about it. And it helps with the water, like bring, like having the water. A lot of times I have sparkling water at night in the wine, in a champagne glass because it makes me feel better. It makes me like when I'm going out to dinner, I love having sparkling water because it's fun. I ask them to put it in a fancy glass for me. So I feel included. It's only 45 days. So that's the happy all the air styles challenge. <laughs> I love that so much. And I think my favorite, like, I really like how you include coming 15 minutes earlier. I was that stylist who would walk in late. And I, I made a point when I made a point to show up at least 30 minutes early, I was so like, our brains are so much better. And then I can, I could visualize the, how I wanted the day to go. And you all, we all know what it's like to be rushed. And of course things happen, but 
Like yeah. being rushed sucks. And well, things happen when you show up at the same time as your appointment too. If your appointment's at 10 a.m. and you're planning to get there at 10 a.m., what happens when traffic happens? Like all of all of that can totally play a part. So I'm the hairstylist that I have always been this way, even in hair school. I'm the hairstylist that comes in and I fix my hair as soon as I get there. Like, cause I don't like doing my hair at home. Like it's just the way it is. So I always have shown up early simply because I need to put myself together. And now, like when I have like my hair done and all this kind of stuff, I still like being there 15 minutes early because I I want to look at my schedule. I want to like set the, like set myself in this like mental state to be ready for my day. Cause I do need to prepare in some way. Do I have the color that I need? Is this client going to show up? Did this client confirm? I need to check up with my receptionist. What happened? Like he is everything like in flow for today. Oh, so good. And this whole challenge is like, not only will your body be healthier, but your mind will be healthier, which is such a big part of it. Um, thank you for sharing. And Welcome. If you want, if you're listening and you want to learn more, um, definitely reach out to Shelby and what is your Instagram? So people can know Shelby.betancourt. It's my first and last name. Boom. Perfect. And the link will be, uh, in the show notes below. Um, I want to talk about one more thing that ties into kind of what you've already talked about. You brought up, um, you brought up working out on your period. And we were talking about cyclical living either on that. I can't remember if we've already talked about it or if it was a different conversation, but cyclical living is so powerful. And because you're also an emotional authority and you're on an emotional wave, I'm curious how how the cyclical living and also like when you're on a low at your wave, what do you do and how does that affect you? Yeah. So, um, this is something that I just recently started incorporating, um, within the past couple of months because I never tied it together. I thought that the only reason why you tracked your period was to know if you're pregnant or not. And like that, that literally was my only reasoning for ever tracking my period. I've been on the Mirena and IUD for the past like 10 years. And so my period's been like stagnant. And now that I'm actually tracking it and I understand that I'm an emotional authority and that I'm going to feel a certain way during certain days, I felt like beforehand I was going through this cycle where I got my period, I felt like shit. And then I felt like shit because I felt like shit about having my period and not getting shit done. Where now I'm like, okay, that's obviously not working for me. It's obviously not doing anything for me. And if I want to embody the person that I think I should be, my higher version of myself, which always I tap into that girl every single day where I'm like, all right, who is she? How would she feel? How would she handle this? The higher version of myself understands that I can't fight nature, that I can't fight the fact that I'm an emotional solar plex and that I'm going to have highs and lows and me feeling like shit about it isn't doing anything for me. So how can I break the cycle and feel better? Well, I allow myself that permission. And what does that look like? That looks like if I don't want to go and be around people because I'm absorbing their energy and I just don't have like the, the tolerance for it, I do workouts that make me feel better. So I'll go for a walk. I'll be outside. I live in Miami. It's fucking beautiful. And I'll like, I'll just be in nature and that'll just help me. Or like, I'll just put on my headphones and listen to a different type of music that makes me feel better. Or I'll allow myself a freaking rest day. Like, Hey, I'm just really not feeling it right now. I like, I know I did at, like, I'm going to eat foods that make me feel good right now. Like maybe I feel super bloated. So today I want to base my foods around more whole foods, lightweight foods, things that aren't going to make me feel more bloated. I'm going to focus on that and things that make me happy because I, let's face it, I'm not going to get much done today, but next week when I'm on my high, that's when I'm going to schedule my personal trainer two times that week. That's when I'm going to like, you know, carb up because I know I'm going to be doing a lot of cardio because I'm going to have a lot of energy. That's when I'm going to make appointments with my friends, with doing podcasts, with doing all these things, because I'm, 
I feel like I'm more chatty during this time. It's just a matter of checking in with me and custom designing the life that I deserve. I deserve to feel happy all the fucking time. I deserve to work out when I want to work out in the way that I want to work out. And I'm not, I can't fight what I like. It's exhausting to constantly be fighting yourself and being like, like I told my, my trainer today, like, Hey, I have my period. I'm just like, I'm feeling a certain way. And she's like, okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to give my best today. And that's it. And like, she's normally very hard on me, but she understands she's a female. She's like, yeah, when I had my period last week and I was feeling the same way. Sometimes not everyone's going to understand how you should feel when you're like, when you're feeling a certain way, you need to teach people what to expect of you during that time. I've had to reteach my boyfriend. Hey, when I have my period, I'm not going to like do a lot. Let's, let's just face it. I don't really do much around the house. Anyways, he's amazing. He does my laundry and cooks. I mean, does my dishes and all this shit, but like when I have my period, it's extra, like extra, I'm not doing shit. So (laughs) he's probably like, what the fuck? Um, and I'm sorry, I'm swearing. I just get really passionate. Uh, (laughs) so I've like, I've learned first, what do I need at this time to make myself feel, feel better? And who do I need to teach about what I need at this time? And if someone can't handle it, then whatever, I can't change it anyways. I'm going to be a raging bitch either way. So it's either you work with me or you don't, or I work with me or I don't. So I choose a life of being happy and I choose a life of figuring out who the hell I am every single day and trying to figure out what's working and what's not working and incorporating better things. Because if anyone's going to know how I operate the best, it's me. So I, I find it being fun to experiment in this makes me happy and this is the way I am. And if I'm going to like, I I might as well just make the best out of it. Oh, that was so good. And I love that you give yourself permission. Like, seriously, that was a beautiful example of what you used to do powering through pushing through. Um, I think that I always took, like, I never gave myself permission to be on my period or to have Mm -hmm. like to feel to not be at a hundred percent. And I was like, I'll just push through it. And that's not how we're designed like as women. And If you want to learn more about cyclical living, I learned about this in a book called The Blood Book, and I'll uh, link it in the show notes. It's an interesting name, but it's fantastic. And we're cyclical beings as women. And we, I follow a cyclical living like you, and day one of, of my period is winter week. And then the following two are spring and summer and fall is that transition. And I, even though it feels like, or it may feel like we're not getting a lot done during winter week, that's when we're most intuitive. Like that's when I get my biggest downloads. That's when I create, like I come up with the idea of what I'm about to sprint on for the next Mm -hmm. two weeks. And like you, I feel like I get more done in those two weeks than I used to get done in the four weeks that I would push myself. Um, So I love that you talk about that. And as an emotional authority, like you're not, none of us are designed to be happy all of the time. I think that just be happy. I don't think it's possible. And I don't think that we should, like, it's interesting when you talk about it because like feeling good, even if you're at a low, like I've been really embracing my lows and I'm like, it, it feels good to feel low sometimes. Like sometimes feeling good is feeling low, but you can embrace it. And we don't have to be like high on life all the time. Cause that's not, if the sun was shining all day, all day long or all the time we would die. And so yeah. we need the ups and the downs and what you talked about knowing what you need and communicating that to the people around you. Like those, if you're an emotional authority, that's what, that's going to be the best thing for you. Know what you need to soothe yourself, to comfort yourself, to be there for yourself, to accept yourself mm-hmm. and then communicate to the people around you. Cause people, people can feel you, but they can't read your mind. Yeah. And the unemotional authorities around you, they can feel you and then some, and often we think we need to fix the problem Mm -hmm. and there's nothing to be fixed. Just like I'm having a shitty day and 
I'm going to watch TV for two hours. See you later. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, like you were saying, it's okay for you to not feel happy all the time. You know, I actually had like, um, a really hard time with feeling like, okay, I chose to be the happy, healthy hairstylist and now I can't be anything else but that. So I struggled with that for a little bit and I was actually struggling with it before going to hair love because I was like, okay, if I'm going to hair love, I'm going to be around all these hairstylists. I have to be the fittest one there. I have to be the happiest one there. I have to be all of these things because it's my brand. But what if being the happy, healthy hairstylist or just being Shelby Betancourt means that I'm going to cry or I'm going to like sleep in that day because I don't want to work out. It doesn't feel good. I like, ironically, every like retreat I've gone on, which I'm going on a retreat this week, I have my period. And it's like, maybe it's just the world being like, Shelby, you need to like, in your daily life, you can't do the same things when you're on these retreats. You have to like actually slow down. I like, I felt before going to hair love, I felt like I had to go on that hike because I was a happy, healthy hairstylist when all I really wanted to do was stay around for the women's circle. Like I was like, the women's circle sounds easy to me, sounds better, but because I'm the happy, healthy hairstylist, I felt like I made this title on going on the hike. Mind you, I went on the hike. I was very happy. I went on the hike. Um, I actually didn't have my phone during that time. And I think that it was like meaningful for me to like be in my own head while surrounded by nature. I needed that more than the women's circle. So it did happen for a thing for a reason, but like, knowing that being happy all the time is exhausting and I appreciate my happiness more after I cried (laughs) or like when I had a shitty day and I just don't feel good or I feel anger because when you feel anger towards something or like you feel unhappy towards something, the time that you feel happiness again, you're like, oh, this is so much better. Like, I get this. I appreciate this. I love this. Like if I didn't eat bad foods I and had my body feeling bad, I wouldn't know what it, how good it feels to eat foods that make me feel better and make me feel more energized, all of that kind of stuff. You almost have to like go through both of them. And I know that at times, like, I just want the food that's not going to make me feel good because it's going to make me feel good. Like if that makes any sense. <laughs> It makes 100% sense. And it's, it's going back to the feeling what's going to make you feel good just because it's not quote unquote healthy doesn't mean it's going to be detrimental to your whole entire progress. It's feeling what is going to make you feel better. And first of all, thank you for sharing that with us because we all like, that's a beautiful example of not like, it's not that it's not feeling good enough, but it's like almost that imposter syndrome of I, I put myself at this level and I've got to perform because people are watching me. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you say that because I really wanted to go on that hike. And I was also on my winter week and I knew it was, I started the day we, we got there and I ended up getting altitude sickness and I was sick and I couldn't hike. And I was really pissed because I really wanted to go on that hike but I went to the women's circle instead and it was exactly what I needed. And I think that because I, I, I knew Lindsay, you need to slow down and Mm -hmm. your body is telling you you're not going on that hike. And had I gone on that hike, it it probably, it would have probably been fine, but it could have been really bad too. And so I love that even though like you made the choice that was right for you and you had this beautiful experience and the connection, but then you were also aware of those feelings that you were having. Yeah. Just so powerful. And I communicated to Laura who was with me at the time. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to like run up the mountain. Like I'm not, I don't want to do that. I want to absorb the nature. I want to like be in the moment. I want to make sure that we get pictures and videos of this experience. And ironically, I forgot my phone on the bus. So I couldn't 
be like, I could only be in the moment. And I'm so glad that I communicated that with her because her and I were both very competitive. So she thought by being my partner, I would be like, we're going to get to the mountain first. We're going to go all the way up there. We're going to run up that mountain. And I was like, I can't do that right now. If you want to do that, I give you permission to go out on your own. But like right now I know what my body needs and it's, it's not that, that doesn't feel good to me. And that's how it ends up being. So knowing like what your body needs, even if you have these predetermined titles and communicating what your body needs, no one's judging you. No one fucking gives a shit that you aren't running up the mountain, even though you call yourself the happy, healthy hairstylist, like no one cares. (laughs) So that was just like a huge like thing for me that I'm glad that I stuck with my emotions during that time. And I like overcame it on my own without anyone knowing I was even feeling that way. And I could be like, nope, I don't want to do that. That doesn't feel good to me right now. So I'm going to be stubborn about it. I'm going to be emotional about it. And if you want to go do on your own, go ahead. I'm fine being alone. Like, (laughs) I love that. And it's like, that's what we should be doing more of. Like, we're not supposed to do things if you're just like, we're not supposed to do things that we don't want to do. And, and we override our body so much. And everything that we have talked about today is all about becoming healthier in a way that works for you. And that's something too, is like, what works for me may not work for you. And that, I think that's the, the harder part of fitness is that we think, oh, if I get this diet or if I do this thing or do this workout, I'm going to get the same results as that person. Yeah. And that's the, the quote unquote hard part is finding what works for you yeah. and doing one thing, just do one thing. Yeah. Let's, let's face it. You can follow everything that someone else is doing, but if you're not happy doing it and you're not going to stick to it, what's the point? So you need to find out what, what is going to be long-term something that you can stick with, that you can constantly reevaluate. Okay. I've tried this. It's not working. What is working? This is working. So now I'm going to incorporate more of this that's working and replace it with what's not working. Maybe that looks like you have, you know, your date night twice a week for right now. You start out with having like three days, sorry, three days that you're having a cheat meal because right now you're, you're used to having seven days of a cheat meal and you change it down to three days just because I shall be Betancourt do one night a week where I have dessert doesn't mean that there haven't been seasons in my life where I'm doing two nights, three nights, seven nights a week of having a cheat meal. Yeah. I've totally done it. Didn't work for me. I felt like shit. Now I find out that I can sacrifice one day, one night a week where I have a cheat meal. And sometimes it's every other week. It doesn't have to be like, I can change my mind. My, like I change my mind all the fucking time, but I just know that at the end of the day, the higher version of myself is consistent. She is all about longevity. She is all about feeling good. And I'm just trying to tap into her more and more. Mm, So good. This conversation has been so amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on here and sharing your wisdom. And I, we talked, so we talked about your challenge. We talked about where, will you tell people where they can find you online again, where you hang out most? Um, And then will you also talk about your cookbook that you got coming up? Yes, absolutely. So let's start with the cookbook. So the cookbook is, um, I have two versions. I have a free um, meal guide that will be available in November. Um, So it's a free meal guide on what I personally like to have behind the chair. And then I have a updated version that is um, going to be available December of this year. And it will be all of my hair friends and what they like to eat behind the chair. So it will be featuring Lindsay and it will be featuring a ton of other hairstylists just like you and what they like to eat behind the chair as a guide for you to know how to be a little more creative with your meals and snacks. And these can be incorporated into your home too. I just thought it would be more fun of something that you could bring into the salon. Um, where I hang out. So I mainly hang out on podcasts. I love, like I have the happy, healthy hairstylist podcast. That is like my favorite form of social media. I've had Lindsay on there. Um, I have two episodes with you that are coming out and I'm so excited. They're so good. They're while we were at Zion. So this was like so raw, so real. Like we met each other like a few days before we were in person. The energy was so good. Um, 
I just love podcasting because I feel like on Instagram, we can feel a little fake and we can feel like we, like people don't really get to know us, but this is the best way for you to feel like you can get to know me. Um, so it's the happy, healthy hairstylist on Instagram. You can also get to know me there. I'm very, I'm as real as I am. I try to be, um, it's at shelby.bencourt or the happy, healthy hairstylist. I'm on both of them. The happy, healthy hairstylist is my, um, challenge Instagram where if you're looking to join the challenge or you're looking to see a little bit more about the challenge or tag yourself that you're doing the challenge, that would be the, the uh, Instagram that you would tag. But if you need me directly, I'm at shelby.bencourt. Boom. Love it. Thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our intimate conversation. If you like this episode, screenshot it and tag both of us and let us know what you loved the most. And we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Way Society podcast. I want to ask you a question really quick. Do you want to learn how valuable human design is for your business? If you said yes, visit lindsaymeans.com to check out my latest freebie to learn more. If you love this episode, share it on social media and tag me. I'm Lindsay Means with an underscore. If you like this content, subscribe now so you'll never miss an episode. And remember, you are perfect exactly as you are. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. It's only a matter of remembering how freaking powerful you are. And human design helps us with that. See you next time.